My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 30th of November. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has made a national apology to those impacted by a morning sickness drug in the early 60s. The drug caused severe disabilities in thousands of babies whose mothers had taken the drug. So let it be said today and recorded for all time. These parents, these mothers did nothing wrong. These parents did not fail their children. The system failed them both. Now, we're going to explain what the drug is, what harm it caused, and why the PM apologised for it in the deep dive. But first, the headlines. Free television content will become easier to find on smart TVs. That's under new government measures. Legislation introduced by Communications Minister Michelle Rowland will require TV manufacturers to prioritise the on-screen discoverability of free-to-air services over subscription services like Netflix. Rowland said it's becoming harder to find Australian programming on connected devices like smart televisions and that this bill will prevent content slipping behind online paywalls. The Victorian government will repay $7 million worth of road taxes to electric vehicle owners in the state. Victorian EV drivers had been required to make payments based on the number of kilometres they travelled on public roads. However, that road charge was challenged in the High Court earlier this year and was eventually scrapped. Victorian Treasurer Tim Pallas told ABC News that government revenue from the tax will be repaid to drivers with interest. Amazon has launched its new AI assistant, Amazon Q. The chatbot joins a growing market of AI assistants from tech companies including OpenAI, Google and Microsoft. Amazon Q is aimed at workplaces to help complete daily tasks and solve business issues. Amazon said it thinks Q has the potential to become a work companion for millions of workers. Pricing starts at around 20 US dollars per month per person. And the good news, 41 construction workers have been rescued after 17 days trapped in a collapsed tunnel in India. A landslide in the Himalayas buried a section of the tunnel on the 12th of November, but workers survived on food and water delivered to them by rescuers through small pipes. Handheld drills were used to eventually free all of the workers. They were taken for medical checks and observation before they were sent home. So Sam, this story about thalidomide uh, has obviously existed for a very long time, but was back in the news cycle yesterday because Anthony Albanese delivered a very rare but significant national apology to Mm. those affected. I'm interested to know if you'd heard of this before yesterday. I really hadn't. I hadn't heard Mm. of it yesterday. And when I saw the emotional scenes unfolding in Parliament, it felt like I'd really missed a big discussion. Like it's very rare for an apology to be delivered in the Mm. National Parliament. And so I knew it was important and I wanted to find out a bit more about it. It was really interesting because I think like the majority of people we were speaking to hadn't heard of it before. Right. And I thought that was interesting. So before we get to the apology that was Mm. delivered yesterday, can we first go back to what the drug actually is and why it was used originally? Yeah. So 
The drug's called thalidomide. It was an oral medication and it was given to pregnant women who were experiencing morning sickness. So you can imagine that that's a pretty big cohort. It was very big towards the end of the 50s and the beginning of the 1960s. It was actually first developed as a sleeping pill, interestingly, sold in Germany in 1957, and it ended up being distributed to about 46 countries around the world. That, of course, included Australia, where we're talking about the story today. Uh, here it was sold from 1960 and ended up being banned just a year later in 1961. So it wasn't on the shelves for a very long time. No, but it still had a huge impact, despite only being around for that short period of what time. What was that impact? Why was it then banned so quickly? So essentially it was marketed as this reputable, highly effective drug, um, but ultimately thalidomide was quickly found to be very, very unsafe. It caused severe disabilities in the thousands of babies whose mothers had taken the drug. Again, they were taking it for morning sickness. What that looked like was babies being born with shortened or absent limbs, things like facial disfigurement or brain injury. There were also lowered health outcomes among survivors. Things like poor mental health had also been reported. High rates of premature deaths due to thalidomide were also reported and there were also miscarriages and infant deaths associated with the drug. As many as 100,000 babies were believed to have been affected by thalidomide. And keeping in mind that time that it was on the shelf, that's Mm. a lot of people. Mm. Where were the signs in that year that the drug was dangerous and, and kind of take me through how it came off the shelves? Yeah, so interestingly, it was an Australian doctor who was the first to publicly make the link between thalidomide and disabilities in infants. So this was available elsewhere Around in the world? The, I right. think we said something like 46 countries. Got so it. yes, but it was an Australian doctor. His name is William McBride. He published a letter in a medical journal in 1961 asking other doctors if they had seen similar results to him. And the results he was talking about there were babies with a particular set of disabilities being born to women who had taken thalidomide. So essentially he published what was an observation of a trend that he was detecting, basically a call out to see, like, has anyone else seen this and and could it be linked to the drug that these women are taking? Ultimately, turned out to be true. And it was that that led eventually to a ban on the drug. Later that year, the German company that first developed the drug formally pulled thalidomide from the market and other distributors, of course, followed suit. While the drug was only in circulation for fewer than five years, it's fair to say it's had a generational impact on families and communities across the world. And here in Australia, we saw the very real impact it's had when Anthony Albanese apologised. And we've seen some really moving photos of people sitting in the public gallery bawling mm. because of it. And there was a nice moment after as well where Anthony Albanese actually met some of the survivors and, and kind of embraced them personally. Mm. What did Anthony Albanese actually apologise for? Yeah, it was interesting. I called my mum to talk about this story yesterday and she couldn't understand what role the Australian government had in it. She was like, well, wasn't it the drug manufacturer or the researchers or, you know, the doctors that were prescribing it? Like, why is it the Australian government? And essentially what Anthony Albanese was saying was related to the Australian government's failure to test the advertised claims that the drug was safe to use. Essentially, so no regulation. He was, apo- he was apologising that they didn't go far enough in testing these claims. There was no system 
for properly evaluating the safety of medicines. And the terrible cruelty of thalidomide was that far from being safe, just one dose was enough to cause devastating harm. Just one dose was enough to inflict a lifetime of damage on an unborn child or indeed cause premature death, either in utero or in the years ahead. And interestingly, the thalidomide tragedy partly led to the creation of the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Yeah, the TGA, which is the medicine and the therapeutic regulatory agency. So basically the group that is regulating the quality, the supply, the advertising of medicine here in Australia. But it was because of this tragedy in part that that eventually was created. Albanese said that the Australian health system failed the mothers who used thalidomide and he said they had been haunted by undeserved regret their whole lives, calling the period one of the darkest chapters in Australia's medical history. And as we were just speaking about before, there were lots of survivors in Parliament yesterday when Anthony Albanese delivered this apology. There was also a minute silence observed for those who had suffered or died due to the drug. So this apology didn't come out of nowhere. What have we seen the Australian government do over the last couple of years that's led to this? So a key reform came back in 2020. So that was the Morrison government at the time. They announced a program that would provide compensation for survivors. Still remarkable it was between 1961 to 2020. It's a long time. It actually came in two forms. So the first was a one-off tax repayment between $75,000 and half a million dollars. The amount that each recipient got would depend on their level of disability. The other was an ongoing annual payment. So that was designed to provide survivors with a very steady payment to then help them address what can only be characterised as like ongoing health needs on a day-to-day basis. And when Anthony Albanese won the election last year, did he maintain that Morrison government policy up until today? So there hadn't been any changes until yesterday. In his apology, Albanese promised two changes to the program. Firstly, he said that those who didn't receive compensation from the program when it launched would now be given the opportunity to make an application. He also committed to indexing the annual payments from the government, so that it just means that the payment will rise each year in accordance with inflation. I think the thing that's really struck me about this story is that period between 1961 and 2020, and I can only imagine the hard work that went into advocating for survivors mm. during that time. So for then a program to come in in 2020 and an apology to be delivered in national parliament three years later does seem like progress in this space. Uh, And I hope it's brought some sort of solace to survivors and their families. Yeah, and then on the symbolic side, there'll also be a national thalidomide recognition site, basically a monument be unveiled in Canberra today, and there'll be a ceremony that will be attended by thalidomide survivors and their families. That's all from us here today at The Daily Oz. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a review or a comment and question in the Spotify answer box. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. We'll be back again in your ears tomorrow morning. Until then, have a great day.